0: Episode 173 of the Pilot the Pilot Podcast takes off now. The Pilot the Pilot Podcast is brought to you by the Funner Points. The ground school app contains knowledge and skill videos. Check it out at learnthefinerpoints.com. I'm Kevin, I work for Pilot Edge, and
1: I'm here to talk about the Sim Venture Experience, which is the virtual Oshkosh fly-in for flight simulators. It's gonna be real great. We have actual Oshkosh air traffic controllers that are gonna allow people to fly into Oshkosh and get the real feeling in their flight simulators.
0: Avi Nation, what is going on and welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's episode is with Kevin from Pilot Edge. Pilot Edge is an online community where you can Talk to ATC while you're flying on flight simulator. You can use it with X-Plane. You can use it with the flight simulator, the new one and the older one. It creates their own little world essentially. And it's really cool learning about Pilot Edge, what they do and kind of their whole mission. And I think it's a great opportunity if you are looking to improve your skills or looking to take your, your sim geeking to the next level. With all respect, of course, to the next level. This is definitely a great service for you. But the reason why Kevin wanted to come on the podcast was for their 2021 sim venture. They are simulating Oshkosh. You you can do the Fisk Arrival. You can talk to real controllers that actually work the event. It is going to be pretty cool. I was actually pretty blown away by everything they're putting together. It's going to be as realistic as they can possibly make it. I, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you, you join this. I hope you go fly this. I'm going to try to get together a simulator that can work on my MacBook and make this work. But uh, I think it'd be really cool. Uh, Kevin, thank you for coming on the podcast, sharing a little bit about this. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. If you do, please leave a review on iTunes. You can check us out on Instagram and check out Pilots Coffee. Follow them on Instagram and also go to pilotscoffee.com to scoop up the best coffee in the aviation world. Aviation I hope you guys have a great day. And without any further ado, here's Kevin from Pilot Edge. Kevin, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Pilot, the Pilot Podcast. Justin, thanks for having me. This is really great to be here. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for the patience and uh, wait for me to respond. I know that I went oh, kind of uh, code zero there or whatever the right saying is and didn't respond for a little <laughs> bit. But here we are. We've made it work. A little Nordo. Yeah, ATC zero, <laughs> man. <laughs> but yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on. and um,
1: Yeah, to, to talk about, uh, I appreciate you having me on to talk about uh, Pilot Edge and what we have coming up here with the uh, virtual Oshkosh SimVenture event that we have coming up in July.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that too. It's uh, really interesting because so many people have used flight simulator in their career and so many people have used it kind of as a stepping stone. And it's the first thing and their first introduction to flying. And it's cool to see how it can progress, how it can continue to change over the years and morph into the more usable ways to learn how to fly. And now introducing more of an ATC feel to it so people can be more comfortable when they go fly at airports. I think it's going to be pretty cool. So I'm excited to learn more about the company and about the event you have going on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So PilotEdge
0: has been around for
1: about 10 years, just for anyone who may be unfamiliar, um, whether you're a flight simulator user or not. Flight uh, flight simulators, whether it's a a commercial entity or just a home use, any flight simulator can connect to the PilotEdge network. And so then what PilotEdge does then is it provides live air traffic control for flight simulators that's connected to the network. It's a big virtual world. Notoriously, uh, flight simulators have never had that, that live air traffic control. Uh, function built into them. They typically have AI something with you press a button and it has a canned answer and you never really get that true feel of talking to a controller. And there are some other uh, programs out there that do use voice recognition, which at least it gets you talking, but there's, you know, we know how voice recognition can be. It's it's never terrific and there's always going to be some sort of bug with it. So with adding the actual people um, at the actual controllers for Pilot Edge on the other side of the mic, you sitting in your flight simulator can then key up your mic and talk to uh, an air traffic controller just like you would in the real airplane from ground to tower to approach departure center all that it feels very realistic and all the controllers are professionally trained um you really won't be able to tell the difference from you know your actual flight in the airplane and your flight on the simulator and we find uh, the past uh, the past 10 years we found that that really enhances the experience that people can have in their flight simulators and enhances
0: the learning that can be accomplished in the simulator as well. So you mentioned um, what it is. Who can use this? So I know that like obviously you said uh, commercial users or uh, at-home users, but is it just for Microsoft Flight Simulator? If you have X-Plane, can you use it too? Uh, is Absolutely, it- yes. Yeah. Okay. So Microsoft,
1: uh, obviously the new Microsoft Flight Sim 2020 is really hot on the market right now. We have full compatibility for that. Uh, X-Plane uh, as well, totally. And then um, even uh, the old FSX, for those who, who haven't upgraded their simulator in about 16 years, uh, we will su- we will still support you. And then the uh, Prepared, uh, Lockheed Martin's Prepared, which is, um, they're now on version five of that simulator and it's constantly progressing as well. So uh, pretty much any home flight simulator software you have, uh, we will uh, take you on our network. We put them all together. So it doesn't matter if you're flying with X-Plane and I'm flying with Microsoft Flight Simulator, We'll still we'll still see each other and we'll still hear each other. It's just it's one big virtual world there.
0: that's cool. I can't imagine that was too easy to figure out how to get all those to work together and make <laughs> one big network for everything It was the uh, it was the the visionary
1: of uh, of Keith Smith, who is the the current uh, well he's the founder and and still current CEO of the company and he's he's really the tech guy um, who designed it all so. Uh, I I certainly can't take credit for it but it's uh under the hood it's it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, well shout out to Keith cuz we all need people smart like Keith so they can make <laughs> yeah. these things happen. <laughs> Amen. That's cool. Uh, it's got to be interesting using all these different platforms cuz I'm sure other ones run more smooth than or smoother than than like the newer Microsofts can run better than the older equipment it does that you still using. quite a challenge. Yeah, yes. so I'm guessing and, uh, glitches might be an issue. Uh there might be some kind of uh just kind of technical difficulties going on on a normal day. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, certainly in the in the testing phase of it, but you know, we we've gotten it to run very stable um, on our network, so you really you really won't encounter any of those glitches, depending regardless of what flight
0: simulator you're using. Yeah, we'll talk about Pilot Edge uh, kind of from the beginning to where it is now. Uh, it's networked airports, right? So it's not the whole country, it's not the whole world. You have certain places where you can get this. So where did it start? So Pilot Edge launched
1: in 2011 um, in the Los Angeles Center coverage area. So uh, if you're familiar with ARTCCs, obviously you are. But as far as the uh, the listeners go, um, Los Angeles Center in the you know Southern California area extends out to Las Vegas. Um, they so piloted to launch with the lateral confines of Los Angeles Center. Um, every airport in there, you know, every TRACON, um you could fly any flight within the ZLA, as they call it. Those are the the basically the the code for Los Angeles Center. You could fly any flight within there, and uh, it'd be full service. And then. Skip ahead to maybe 2014 or so, and Pilot Edge added Oakland Center, so you could basically do all of California um, and a, a good chunk of Nevada as well. And then skip ahead to 2017 or so, and uh, Pilot Edge rolled out the Western U.S. coverage area, which it's essentially now the entire western half of the United States. And um, you know, I will say that a lot of people—that's probably the the biggest question that Pilot Edge gets—is when are you expanding to the East Coast? You know, when are you going to have more coverage? Well. Um uh, ironically, Keith Smith, the founder and CEO, lives in New Jersey, lives and flies in New Jersey. And I think that that's very uh, important for people to understand that the, the founder and CEO himself elected to use airspace on the West Coast because it is a lot more diverse than what you have on the East Coast. You have mountainous terrain, coastal, desert, um, forestry. You, you have so many different things along with very complex airspace, uh, which is Southern California. Now, I'm certainly not going to um, discount N90 and what what New York's airspace has to offer up there. However, uh, I think you could really put the SoCal airspace around LAX and San Diego up to bat with um, with N90 and, and what they have going around in New York, Teterboro area. And it's very, very similar. Um, any other airspace, you, know, you put those up at the top, any other airspace in the country is going to be uh, less complex and therefore likely easier to navigate than... Uh, New York or, or SoCal. So I say that to say that if you live in, um, in Texas or Florida, um, you know, just a bunch of flatland or uh, even, you know, somewhere up North, you know, regardless of the Bravo airspace, it's likely going to be a lot less complex than what we have to offer you on Pilot Edge. So if you can, if you can uh, um, learn to navigate the airspace that Pilot Edge has to offer, then, you know, going to your home airport or flying for real, uh, even if it's not within the same coverage area um is is gonna be uh a piece of cake because you've learned basically the hardest of the airspace so and kind of um you know that's that's how we kind of like to tell people that it really while everyone's first instinct is well you know can't I fly out of x y z airport, which I live right next to in you know the middle of the country um you know you, you don't really have to because the FAA standardizes all the charts. They standardize all the procedures. And that's why, you know, Justin, you know, when you fly to a brand new airport, um, it, it's not really an issue. I mean, sure. You're doing your briefings. You're, you're briefing with with the other pilot you're briefing ahead of time and that's all just standard, but it doesn't matter. Um, if it's your first time at the airport, I mean, that's, that's never an excuse, right? You make a mistake and it's, you don't get like a jail get out of jail free card because it's your first time. So, um, as long as you can, you know, transfer your knowledge from one Bravo to another, then it really doesn't matter where you're flying.
0: If you are doing like a real time flight from LA to to New York, can you start with uh, Pilot Edge and get traffic and or get uh, be under control Absolutely. airspace and then be able to say radar service is terminated, <laughs> contact yeah whatever.
1: It's that's really yeah, that's really what it is. It's almost like flying out over oceanic. Um, you know, you get uh, to the middle of the the middle of the country or so. Um, and our controllers will just terminate you, um, which, you know, and then you're basically in, in class golf airspace. Uh, you can also do the reverse. You can fly, you could fly New York to LA. Um, and you could, you know, just basically call up at the, at the, um, boundary, uh, which would be Denver centered boundary and, and, you know, make that call. So, um, yeah. And, and I don't want people to think this is you know only for jets either. This is our primary customer is actually, you know, general aviation, small airplanes. Um, we have a lot of aviation English students because, you know, learning to talk to ATC. Uh, so that's a great way to, to, you know, get your feet wet with talking to a controller without making mistakes uh, on the, on the real mic, on the real radio in the airplane, but still having that pressure, um, of you having to navigate, uh, you know, aviate, navigate, communicate, and, you know, adding that Big communicate into your SIM where typically you can
0: only aviate and navigate in your SIM. And we allow you to do all three. That's pretty cool. I mean, that definitely sounds like very useful and positive training. Uh, do you ever have any? Obviously, when things go wrong, you can hand out phone numbers, you can kind of get in sure. trouble. Is there any kind of uh if you're a troll online and you just keep messing with things, can you get banned? Uh <laughs> yeah, is there dude, like some kind of not disciplinary it's a great, system? It's a great question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first off, we do require all of our users to be 18 or older. So that, that, um, takes, that takes away, uh, I guess, a lot of the, the troll audience for the most part. Uh, not, not completely, but, but mostly. Um, we do make an exception if you're at least 16 years of age and you have soloed a real airplane. So you can prove that you have a student solo endorsement. We will take you at 16 or older. Uh, other than that, you have to be 18 or older. And in addition to that, yes, every pilot deviation is tracked on the network. Um, and then depending on how many deviations and, and what you know, level of, of um, complexity they are. And, and also, too, you know, what, what we always say is don't, don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, if you don't know how to fly a VFR traffic pattern, you shouldn't be loading up at a 747 at LAX and expecting you know, to fly to Las Vegas. Um, you know, we really can't say much if someone screws something up flying a Cessna 152 in a class delta traffic pattern. You know, it doesn't get much more basic than that when it comes to airspace and air traffic control. Um, but, you know, so don't, you know, don't, don't bite off more even you, than you can chew. You can still challenge yourself. I don't want people to think that, you know, you can, they, they can't learn. Everyone's learning their deviations every day on the network because everyone is learning, um, whether it's VFR, IFR. If you can do it in the real airplane, you can do it with us. And it doesn't matter, you know, what type of airplane. If, if you are truly, you know, proficient on the 737, you want to go take it up, great. Um, you know, we're not going to stop, even if you're 18 years old, if you just know a lot about 737, you know how to fly IFR, um, then, uh, by all means, you know, but, uh, as far as, you know, we do track deviations and, and, you know, emails will get written. Um, and, you know, we expect that if we, if we do write the email about, you know, Hey, we've seen that you've blown through 10 ILSs in the past month, you know, what, what do you think is going on here? You know, it's meant to be a learning experience and it's also meant to kind of be a corrective action. Um, and then the, the final thing I'll say about that is that the controllers, they they kind of wear several hats. Um, it's a fine line that they have to walk between keeping the realism of the network and also doing a little bit of coaching and teaching along the way. There's certainly not going to be a CFI for you. We actually have a separate um, uh, remote CFI uh, course you can get in with Pilot Edge and, and have a CFI look at your uh, you screen share and, and watch you fly. And it'll be like they're sitting right there in the right seat and talk to you. But um, the controllers will not be a CFI, but they will give you light coaching. Um, if you, for instance, enter a hold and you enter it on the wrong side, or you're um, you know, whatever, you you fly the hold wrong, or again, you you blow through the localizer. Um, you know, you're kind of you're gonna kind of hear about it from a controller's side as far as you know, November one, two, three, you've you've you know, uh, flown through the localizer, turn right heading two, three, zero to reintercept. And then they, they might also say um, you know, were you, were you ready with the turn when I gave you your approach clearance you know, or, or was it, you know, did you read the approach clearance back? You know, Justin, you know, it's as a pilot, you need to get that, you know, turn left heading two, three, zero, and your, your fingers are twisting knobs already when you hear that, you know, before you key that push to talk. And a lot of pilots they'll, you know, yes, it is ABA navigate, communicate, but at the same time, you also have to be proficient about, um, you know, when, when to execute the, um, the instructions. So it can't, you know, you can't just, Read back the whole clearance and then say, okay, now I'm going to start my turn because ATC is not expecting that. So, anyways, it's a fine line they have to walk and and um, between you know correcting pilots and and still keeping it realistic. Um, you know, if you bust a Bravo airspace, you're going to hear about it. Um, but you know, it's all in the spirit of learning and it's all in the spirit of like making your flight simulator a better experience.
0: Talk a little bit about becoming a controller. Are there current controllers? Is this just a volunteer type thing? Are they paid? Uh t- how do they what's like the benefit of them keeping it real and not being trolls as well, uh other than just love distribution sure. <laughs> So the uh, the controllers, it's all a job for them. Um some of them it's a part-time job, some of them it's actually a
1: full-time job. Uh there have been uh, a, a mixture of of retired FAA controllers, um, student FAA controllers, and there have even been some current FAA controllers in the past um to work on the network. And then uh also, there's just some some enthusiasts. I, I don't want to necessarily call them enthusiasts because that is their job and they're very skilled. But regardless of the level of controller, regardless of their background, they are all trained incredibly professionally and they have to be. And I think that the 10 year history that Pilotage has and the fact that, that they're still around and and that, that you know, continuing to grow uh, is evidence that the controllers do measure up to what people would expect Um, I'll transition now a little bit into, you know, the fact that it is a paid service. Um, it's a, it's about $20 a month for pilotage or you can pay annually and get that down about $15 a month for the, um, for the relative rate. But that's where your money's going is towards the controllers because it is their job. And that's, um, you know, to answer your question as far as trolling. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna troll at your job because you'll get fired. So, uh, you know, these controllers take it very seriously. They're, it's a great group of people, um, whether they are, you know, real uh, aviator, aviators in real life or they're just very good at air traffic control and they do it on a virtual level. Like I said, it's all trained exactly the same, by the same standards that the FAA trains their controllers. Um, it's called the 7110.65 is the FAA handbook. And it's that's just publicly available on the internet. So um, that's how everyone's trained. And, um, you know, they even go as far as using real world procedures for um, airports within the coverage area. So if you fly out of Orange County, for instance, Orange County, California, uh, you're going to get the same sort of VFR departure instructions that you will get in the real airplanes. That is one perk of actually flying in the real world out of the coverage area. But again, like I said before, it's it's not a necessity.
0: What is the training process like? Is it train on your own? Do you guys have like recurrence to, to make sure everyone's up to date? Do you have a, a monthly meetings? Like, kind of talk about the whole training process behind it. Is it self guided? Is it an actual class?
1: It's uh, it's very much mirrored to the FAA's process. Where, uh, granted, there's no there's no academy. They don't they don't go anywhere. You know to to learn the learn the nitty gritty. You kind of have to come in with some sort of knowledge of it. You know, we're not gonna uh, they're not just gonna take you knowing nothing. So I guess that's a little different than the FAA, but, uh, whether you're, you know, if you're a real world pilot, that's, you know, a decent knowledge, um, it's kind of depends on your level of pilot. If you're a private pilot, you might not know much about ATC side, but knowing the phraseology and the procedures, VFR versus IFR, that's all really important going in obviously. And then, uh, so after that, it's just basically all on the job training. Um, you know, you start, uh, start from the bottom and you just work your way up. It'll take anywhere between three to six months for someone to get fully certified on pilot edge. So it's really no joke. Um, it's, it's because it can't be, um, people are expecting, you know, they're paying for a service and they expect that it's going to, uh, meet their expectations. And, and so Pottage has a multitude of commercial customers, whether it's, um, you know, aircraft manufacturers or, or airlines, so I can't really go into, to the details, but they're using the service on a very professional level. And there is no room for error when it comes to the controllers or their phraseology, their procedures, because, um, the, these companies are, are um, doing some very uh, big picture uh, tasks and testing um, with with some of the some of the uh, sims and and so forth that are connected to the pilot network so that's why the air traffic controllers really have to be top-notch and that's why I think that that along with the ten-year history of the network almost ten years about nine and a half at this point um, it really goes to show that you know the controllers know what they're doing and the process works and uh, we've we've pumped out so many uh so many pilots, both you know private instrument, you name it. We've gotten so many success stories back. We love posting them on on social media for people to see uh, that the the service really does work and and adding ATC to your flight simulator, whether you are proficient already on the radios and you're just looking to handle all that extra um extra workload or whether you're you need some work on the radios, regardless of of which category you fall into. It will only help you to add ATC to your Simulator, to your apply sim experience. And, um, and the last thing I'll say about all that too um, is that the, the ATC is guaranteed 15 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so there, there are a few other options out there to do th- similar things for free. However, it's all hobby-based, which means that it's just a bunch of hobbyists. There's no real QA. There's no, there's no quality assurance. There's, no, um, uh, there's nothing keeping the controllers on their game, keeping them current. Um, and and additionally, there's nothing stopping the controller from just logging off and you know ending their day. It's it's like they're just playing a video game on the other side. So you you're never going to get that same uh, aspect of realistic training because you know you just can't hold the controllers to that level, right? You get what you pay for, and that's really the end of the day. Um, why people pay the uh, you know fifteen to twenty dollars a month for a pilot edge because they see the value in it and they realize that they want the controller there. You know, between 8 a.m. and 11 p.m. Pacific time, seven days a week. They know they can count on the controllers being there 100% of that time. And They know they can count on a good controller being there 100% of that time.
0: Have you, I guess the better question is what have been the growing pains for creating all this? Obviously something like this is very complex. I mean, it doesn't just turn into what it is 10 years. Uh, it's taken 10 years to build what it is. It hasn't just snap of a finger and been perfect. Well, what kind of like issues and struggles have you guys had and kind of growing pains?
1: I think the biggest growing pains have been the simulator upgrades, our our updates, I should say, to the software, because we're kind of just in a reacting state. Um, especially most recent with Microsoft flights in 2020, um, they were kind of Microsoft was was um, they kind of has kind of been known for keeping everything away from the third party um, uh, companies, i.e., Pilot Edge or um, one of the you know PMDG, which makes airplanes for flight simulators none of these companies got in with Microsoft prior to the launch. So everyone just kind of had to download the SIM. And uh, I think it was August 17th, 2020 and just go from there and just start. Um, there was a beta, but you couldn't really do a whole lot from a dev side from the beta that they offered. So that's been the biggest struggle just over the years is, you know, X-Plane 11 came out in, I think 2016. Um, and there, you know, it's, it's pretty, X-Plane very easy to work with, but then, you know, the prepared updates and, um, you know, for prepared version four and five. Um, and then certainly Microsoft lights in 2020. So, um, but, you know, also just trying to stay current with everything. We, we use, you know, all the controllers use the real procedures as far as uh, letters of agreement, uh, SOPs from, um, from the FAA facilities. We FOIA those, uh, which is all, you know, public information from the government, from the FAA. And that's all put into the procedures here. So it's always constantly updating that. You know, they upnumber a SID or a STAR. We have to adjust. Uh, the controllers have to adjust because the pilots are always going to be using the, the current nav data. And uh, so it's, all, it's, a, it's a constantly evolving network and, and constantly
0: growing as well. Has the FAA ever reached out to like uh, to make kind of like a joint training? Maybe get their, <laughs> their uh, it could be like a test if they can pass this so and go into the disgust. real world. Uh, it's been discussed in the past. I don't know how, how much I'm, I'm really allowed to say about that, <laughs> no worries.
1: but, um, it, there could, there could certainly be opportunities for that. Um, you know, it's working with the government can, can be a you know challenge at times just with a bunch of hoops to jump through.
0: So no more. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really cool. Though. I mean, I think that could be very beneficial for both sides because you get someone in very serious, not like to discredit who you currently have, doing ATC, but to get someone that wants to do this for a career and they could be trained in simulated areas, but with people taking it seriously, I'm sure that can only further their kind of uh, situational awareness once they get to a tower, once they get to a, an actual center, especially if they can know where they're going and train that specific center in the future when you build out for the whole country, world, whatever it is the the main goal is for piloted.
1: That would be a terrific, uh, yeah, terrific transition for their careers. And we have had controllers actually continue on to the FAA after you know, kind of getting started with Pilot Edge. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of it's an unofficial, you know, a complete unofficial flow program, but it really does give them a leg up, hundred um, percent, as far as just when they get to the actual, uh, the real world field, and and they're able to just kind of say, you know, what I, I feel like I've been here before.
0: So, what is the main goal for Pilot Edge, and and I guess the second question on top of that is has that goal changed and morphed into anything else in those, these 10 years? Like was the original plan uh just focus on this and have fun and then all of a sudden you're like wow, people like this, they will actually pay for this and it kind of morphed into well, let's go to Oakland, let's go to Seattle, Let, you know.
1: The main goal um so yeah, I'd say the biggest thing that's morphed since since inception um was that The vision was really to reach out to flight schools, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of flight schools, whether it's Malenpa or something like ATP all throughout the country. And that was really kind of the vision was to make them the primary customer, uh, which would be, you know, they'd be considered a commercial client, a commercial customer, for are using it for, you know, for commercial services. And so, um, but it was kind of early on, it was kind of seen that the problem you have with that is the amount of training that's required within the flight school itself to be able to kind of no pilot edge, whether it's a generational thing, you know, whether you have a, um, you know, a, an older, uh, man or woman CFI, who isn't as proficient with computers. Um, you know, I don't want to say this and, and make people think that it's difficult to connect to pilot edge, but you know, th- there's, there's always a, a learning curve to anything and it's, you know, our software works very well with the simulators. It's, it, you can get started literally within five to 10 minutes tops. Um, you can be, you know, from clicking the download button to talking to an air traffic controller on your sim. But when you get into flight schools um, where there might be even a high turnover rate of CFIs and, you know, they kind of they either just don't use it because they, they weren't trained on it or they don't even know it's in, you know, built into the simulator. Um, and so that kind of became one of the hurdles. And, and so then the vision kind of pointed more towards just really focusing on in-home users like you and me flying our flight simulators. Um, at you know X-Plane Microsoft at our homes and I think that that really became the um, the core customer that's not to say there aren't plenty of commercial customers including flight schools but it's only really the flight schools that really have their procedures down to where you know maybe they're just um, they have a good group of CFIs and they have you know a lot of people who are eager to to learn and use this technology um, that we allow you know that we offer for the live ATC and the sims uh, and you know, it, those are the, really the ones that end up thriving is the ones who really truly understand the value of, of adding ATC in the SIM. Um, and so then the other, the other growing pains, I'd say, uh, just people wanting more coverage, try right? more, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, expanding to Florida or, or the Northeast, right? Uh, SoCal, Florida, Northeast being, um, you know, the three main, main pilot markets. And so. Uh, with people wanting that, you know, and not really realizing we already talked about, you know, kind of why they don't necessarily need it, but also the downsides, which are increased operating costs. You know, that means more airspace means more controllers. Um, and the other downside is you take, uh, I don't know, you take a hundred pilots and you know, you might, you flood them into Southern California and that's a lot of traffic. You take a hundred pilots and you scatter them all throughout the country. And now it's kind of more sparse. So you're losing that, um, feeling of you know flying in a very congested airspace because you're, diver- you're you're spreading out all the traffic and I don't think that you know expanding the coverage area would end up you know um, bringing that many more pilots on to cancel that feeling out. So that's not to say that you know pilots will never expand. Um, Europe is also a big question. A lot of international users um, have have talked about that and asked about that. Uh, and we do have plenty of international users, and I think that's even more evidence as to why it really doesn't matter where you're flying. Because if someone who's learning to fly in Europe can make use of Pilot Edge in you know Los Angeles or San Diego or you know flying their sim in San Francisco, uh, excuse me, San Francisco, then I think that's really evidence to it doesn't matter where you're where you're doing it. It's all about the workload, thinking, you know, the push talk, the mic fright, getting over it, and all things you can do on Pilot Edge.
0: Yeah. And w- what you said, if you open it up everywhere, it's like, there's only so much training that can go on when you're flying over Kansas at like 43,000 right. feet and you're the, or you're the only one in within a hundred miles. Like you're not just going to talk for no reason. That's right. Not what it's, it's like, all why about. are you even on? Yeah. Why are you even, you know, connected to network? The exactly. Well, um, I mean, that's a different story because we have people that fly like real time Sydney to New York routes and stuff like that. So right. I guess there is a need <laughs> for it, but I mean, just kind of the, the whole point yeah. doesn't really work for that but I could see Europe obviously brings up a whole another kind of regulations and different kind of, I know it's IKO and it's all standardized, but it's, it's a little bit different than the FA. I'm sure training would have to be different and everything, the expansion or that, yes, would that would probably be a, be a, huge a lot, jump. yeah, it'd be a lot greater than just saying, oh, we're going to go open up Charlotte, Washington, Atlanta, and right. you know, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, right. uh, it's exciting though. I think it's,
1: I certainly don't want to say it'll never happen, but you know, currently, no no public plans on the table.
0: Yeah, and I think what you're saying earlier, like maybe you skip the middle of the country for a little bit, maybe open up Chicago, New York, and kind of work from there. But I don't know if they'll ever be fully connected because, like you said, that doesn't necessarily make sense. And if you can train out of a uh, Van Nuys airport, if you can do a Delta out of there, then I mean, that's no different. It's actually better training because it's gonna be busier and learning more procedures and going exactly up to your local small town Delta. Busy. I definitely see the the need for like you were talking about, even if it's a part ninety or a part sixty one flight school it operates on an uncontrolled field. It'd be really good for them to maybe even buy memberships or buy all their flight students or it's something that you can do in their training so they can go home and then practice at a Delta or Bravo or Charlie because when you don't work under a control tower and don't train under a control tower, you feel very uncomfortable when you go to one,
1: yes, a hundred percent, and that's you know that's really what we're. You know, it's really what we're we're aiming for is to get people more comfortable with talking to ATC because it's, you know, you've been doing it long enough. It's not scary. You just got to know
0: what to say. You got to know what to do. Yeah, it can be scary, but yeah, it's not scary. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I was trying to talk, I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, it's not hard at all once you just know the phraseology. Yes,
1: it, it can be scary in the beginning, but it, it, you know, once you get going, you know, at the level that, you know, someone like yourself is at now, it's, it's no, no issue.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the whole reason why you reached out let's go ahead and bat or fast forward to that. You guys yeah. are putting on sim venture that's correct that's what it's called right
1: yeah sim venture is uh is the name and so it's um it's a virtual Oshkosh essentially, so you know we talked a bit, a little bit about the coverage area in the past and um, Wisconsin is not in our everyday coverage area however uh last uh maybe last February or so this was kind of pre pandemic we we got together and we said, you know, we, we have the ability, we have the infrastructure to to do some sort of Oshkosh flying. Um, and I think, you know, we think our, our members would really like it because of, you know, how how realistic we handle things and how um, realistic our members like to take things. So um, again, you know, this is pre-pandemic, pre-EAA uh, canceling Osh 20. And, uh, and then, you know, when everything started hitting and, and the world started to change, and then obviously, uh, I think it was, what, May 1st or something, April 1st, uh, EAA canceled um, OSH 20. And, you know, we kind of said, you know what, this is this is really our time to shine now. It's, um, you know, we need to do Oshkosh justice in a year that no one can do it for real. And so we we got together, EAA, we were actually part of their Spirit of Aviation Week last year, which was their virtual Oshkosh, essentially. It became their virtual air venture. Uh, they call it Spirit of Aviation Week. And we were an official, you know, calendar item that um people could, you know, people with flight simulators could fire up and and it was it was great fun. Um we had over a, a, a over a thousand arrivals throughout the week into Oshkosh. Um, you know, on our on our flight simulator network. So all those people hopped on their sim and flew in. It was just big flying with the Fisk arrival, the famous Fisk arrival. Anyway, so you know, you kind of it was it was a lot of fun. We um everything went very, very smoothly after a ton of planning. And the biggest thing, the, the biggest factor in all this is that we're working with NACA, the National Air Traffic Association, and they gave us controllers who actually work Oshkosh uh, Air Venture Week. Um, if you're not if you're unfamiliar, how it works is the the FAA controllers will put in a bid um, uh, to volunteer. They have to they, they just volunteer. They don't get a you know transfer station or anything for a week. It's, it's just a volunteer gig. They go up to Air Venture. And they work that traffic um, for for you know the whole week, and it is if you haven't been up to AirVenture, um, it is such a such an amazing uh, amount of air traffic control. It's so you know ten thousand airplanes within one week and do this you know this class Delta airport, and they turn a taxiway into a runway. You know it's it's um, it's the real deal. And so we got to work with NACA controllers last year, and so why I'm here really today is that we're doing it again this year. So, if you thought, man, that sounded cool, well, guess what? You can still do it because we're doing it again this year, and it's going to be even better. So, while last year kind of had the theme of sentimental, as far as you know, all you know, the world's shut down, Oshkosh or AirVenture, you know, 2020 is canceled. This is so sad. Um, you know, let's let's still enjoy ourselves as much as we can from you know our quarantined houses. Uh, this year, we're taking more of an approach of let's prepare pilots. To fly into AirVenture. Now, that's not to say that you can only fly, you know, in this event on, on your flight simulator if you're an actual pilot going to AirVenture. Not at all. Uh, we certainly uh, encourage anyone who has a passion for um, flying or or just they've heard of AirVenture or they've heard of it, you know, they just want to try it. We encourage you to come out and, and give it a try. Um, but specifically, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a pilot and you're planning to fly to AirVenture this year on your own, uh, this could not be more helpful for you, especially even if you're a seasoned AirVenture pilot, you haven't flown there. At least you haven't flown the Fisk arrival for two years, um, you know, since at least 2019. Right. So nothing, you know, such a, the, the big word in aviation safety. Right. And what comes from that is is being prepared and you can be prepared by flying in our SimVenture event, which we're going to be holding several weeks prior to the actual AirVenture. It's coming up this in this July um, and we're going to we're going to hold it uh, several weeks before so pilots can hop on and they can get the experience with the actual controllers who work AirVenture are uh, going to be on our network on the other side of the radio. And they're going to be telling you, rock your wings, you know, green dot, clear to land, all this stuff. And so we have developed a uh, got a 29 page NOTAM um, that is derived from the actual EA NOTAM um, that, that the FAA puts out. And it's just, it's, we've mirrored it as well as we can, which is incredibly well, mind you. Um, it's not, you know, I don't want people to think like, oh, they're probably kind of just half assing it. Um, it is, you know, we've, we've done all we can with the very few exceptions, um, just because of limitations of flight simulators and the fact that you're not there. However, uh, you know, the controllers will see you, they will see you rock your wings, um, they will, you know, call you out by type and color. Uh, I mean, it is going to be incredibly realistic. It's the Fisk arrival. Um, it will be departure procedures, you know, as per the NOTAM, it's all, it's a big BFR event. We're not doing any IFR traffic. Um, and even if you're, if you're, uh, in a high performance airplane and you want to, or a, a turboprop, you can fly the Warbur arrival, which is the, uh, arrival for, for the, the faster airplanes that, that don't go over Fisk. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Oshkosh, a lot of this might sound a little bit, um, you know, a, a little bit foreign to you, but. It's um, just to to put it all in perspective, there's a a temporary NOTAM that goes into effect for a week because there are 10,000 airplanes flying into this regular class Delta airport in the middle of Wisconsin. And the only way to effectively work all that traffic is to have very specific procedures um, that the pilots have to follow and the air traffic controllers obviously know all about. And um, that's how they get in. So essentially, there's for, you know, if you're in your Cessna, your Cirrus, your Bonanza, there is one route and one route only that you will fly VFR into AirVenture. And that is over the city or that it's really just a town. It's a small town of Fisk, uh, Wisconsin. And then you fly up the railroad tracks. Um, or you get, you know, split off to Fisk Avenue, which is a, a, a big east, west road that runs through Wisconsin. Um, you know, out towards Lake Winnebago and, and, you know, all this you're going to be doing in your flight simulator at SimVenture. So for any pilot who is going to SimVenture, if you have access to a flight simulator, whether it's, you know, your, your own or your friends, um, highly recommend preparing first uh, with SimVenture because it will only make you more proficient and lead to a safer air venture um, and if you're not a pilot or you're you're just not flying to air venture this year it's still going to be a lot of fun to get together you know on our network with hundreds and hundreds of pilots and the actual air venture controllers so um, I, the funniest thing I, said, I found about last year was that we got a lot of feedback saying man you know those controllers sounded like they you know like they were the real things it's like well, yeah, I would hope so because they are the real things. Yeah, you know, they, 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 uh, it, it is so right. It's, uh, it'd be weird if, it, if it'd be weird if they didn't. Um, so anyways, it, it's going to be a blast. Um, and, and I certainly invite everyone to come out now, uh, as far as, you know, getting on the pilot edge network, uh, you do have to have an active pilot edge subscription or an account, I should say, because uh, I use the word account because you will be able to fly this under a free trial account. So we offer everyone, every single person, you get a five-hour free trial of network connectivity time that you have to use within a two-week period. So if your goal is to hit this Simventure event within your free trial, don't start your trial until at least two weeks before the event. Um, that way you have that you know that window in there, um, and then we'll give you five hours of connectivity time, which is you know more than enough to to fly um, into Airventure. So. We'll be holding the event across four days, um, between four and five hours a day, and kind of time scattered throughout. So uh, it'll be a Wednesday, a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. So we're, we'll be dark on Thursday, uh, but Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, scattered times. You can visit pilotedge.net slash simventure, S-I-M-V-E-N-T-U-R-E, um, to uh, learn more about when the, when the specific times are for the dates that you're looking to, to uh, fly. And we're trying to scatter the time so that you know whether you're you're working or whether even in in a Europe or a, another time zone, it's all hopefully going to work for you at least one of the days.
0: That's awesome. I mean, you answered every single question. I was to ask next." I was like, "How do you create <laughs> an account? What do you do next?" Sorry, Is it was pretty long winded, but no, it's, it's uh, fine. I mean, it makes really, my job.
1: It's kind of been my, <laughs> it's really kind of been my baby um, of you know of of formulating this out of out of really nothing and um, you know combing through EA's Notum hundreds and hundreds of times and, you know, getting in touch with the controllers who, who work at venture and asking them questions about, you know, how do you handle this and that, um, you know, try and just better understand the, um, the whole, the whole event and then mirror that as much as we can over on the pilot edge network. And, um, you know, evident to last year, it, it, went incredibly well. Um, and, and you really, I mean, it, it was such an immersive, I got to fly the, the Fisk arrival two or three times last year uh, throughout the week, and it was just such a blast um, to do it, and and to you know see all this traffic around you, and and you know on the TCAS or on the on the four flight on the iPad, so you can get four flight hooked up to your sim as well. Um, and then you know you're getting over Fisk, you rock your wings, and and you're just uh, man, you're you're really in it, and you feel it. Um, with you feel the adrenaline, you really do when you're when you're flying over there, and you know that okay, I'm next. And then they say you know red and white skyhawk, rock your wings, you rock. They say good rock, you know, continue up the tracks. It's like oh man, this is cool. And they so, actually tell when you uh, rock
0: your wings or are they just lie. Yeah,
1: just- No, 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 they absolutely will. They'll, they'll wait for you to rock. And, and, you know, that's, that's a, that's a problem they have in the real world too, where, you know, sometimes the people won't rock because they don't know they're being taught. They're not, you know, they might not uh, know that they're, you know, talking to them or they might, you know, be on the wrong frequency by accident. Um, you know, all things that, uh, that we, we will have to deal with too. And we dealt with last year, um, you know, it, it, one of my one of my biggest concerns I told the controllers last year we, when I was kind of doing their orientation into, you know, controlling with us for the for the uh, sim venture event was, you know, I'm I'm worried that, you know, a lot of the pilots are going to follow Highway 44, which is a, a big, very inviting highway that that uh, goes off of Fisk Avenue, which is kind of one of the transitions there on the arrival. And uh, I said, you know, it's so inviting in the sim. They said, well, guess what? Like people, tons of pilots follow that highway for real, too. So, you know, they they was like they were already familiar with all the all the pitfalls that the pilots do. So it was really so seamless for them to hop on our network and just start start doing it. And it was the coolest thing to see.
0: That's awesome. That sounds pretty cool. Sounds like it'd be cool just to be able to watch us all go down to like just log on <laughs> and just watch it all unfold. Cause I mean
1: Yeah, we'll try and we'll try and do some streaming on Twitch. Um twitch.tv slash pilotedge ATC. All of our social channels are at Pilot Edge ATC. And um you know, we will we'll put some videos and stuff up there. We have a promo video right now that you can view uh, either on our YouTube channel or just go um, to any of our socials um, or, uh, again, the, the website as well, pilotedge.net slash simventure. And you can see the promo video, kind of get an idea of how it's going to look, how it's going to feel. Um, and then you can, if you search YouTube, you can find a bunch of videos, both user-made and and produced by us that uh, came out of last year's event. So I'd say the the biggest change from this year um, is not only the addition of the Warbird arrival, which we didn't do last year. We only did the Fisk arrival last year. Um, but the biggest real change is Microsoft Flight Sim 2020. And um, so we built out the scenery for that. It looks fantastic. Um, there are different levels of it because we know that Flight Sim 2020 for Microsoft has really kind of taken a hit on people's computers. If, you know, if they don't have a really super computer, they can't run it at the best graphics. So we are going to be um, producing different levels of the scenery to allow people to, um, get the best performance they can out of that. And, um, so we're, we're throwing in some fun little Easter eggs too. We've got some, some, uh, custom tents in there and, uh, maybe we'll even have to throw in a, a pilot to pilot and a pilot coffee tent as well in there to, uh, to, show, uh, to show some support at the SimVenture and people can, can just kind of, you know, enjoy the, the, uh, the tents and, you know, just, just, uh, make it more feel like they're, they're actually there. Um, and then the uh, the last the big difference this year is that we'll be doing several flows. So last year we only ran a three six two seven flow, meaning we landed three six left and right, um, and landed on two seven, and uh, departed three six left, which is a, which is the standard flow at, at Oshkosh uh, at Air Venture. However, uh, this year we're going to be running more than one flow, and what that will do is it will allow people to you know if they do make it out for more than one day of the of the whole experience, it won't be the same thing. Um, you know, for, uh, as it is now, you know, maybe you'll get the railroad track transition or you'll get Fisk Avenue transition out of Fisk. Those are the two VFR transitions after you uh, fly over Fisk. And that determines what runway you're going to. Well, now, you know, there's going to be a, a redstone in there where you're going to have to prepare for even more runways. Um, and, and it'll just be a little bit different. So even if you fly on day one, you're going to have more of a, an attempt to come back later in the week because it might be a different flow. And that was also made possible by, uh, and some new technology that we're rolling out, which we call dynamic flagmen uh, where we can actually inject flagmen, you know the, the, for those who don't know. A uh, bunch of volunteers at, at the actual air venture they, they have vests, they have wands um, or flags and they they're directing the pilots where to park. Um, there is no ground control at, at Oshkosh during air venture week. Uh, not for most airplanes, I should say. And so, um, the, the pilots are just, they are told to exit the runway, typically into the grass, mind you, they just angle off their own way and they follow the flagman. And so last year we just had static flagman because that's all we needed because we just, were just running one flow this year. Since we have to switch flows, we are injecting flagman in real time who will then point you to where you need to taxi. So it's going to be pretty cool and really realistic from that point of view.
0: That's crazy, man. <laughs>
1: It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I mean uh, try to me, think of everything.
0: You're making me think I need to buy a PC and like a setup so I can fly this. I don't know if my Mac can <laughs> hey, handle you got it, time. So. There's time. I know, right? <laughs> uh, uh, I know you guys haven't had a set date picked out for when it's going to start. So once that happens, we'll make sure to put that at the beginning of the episode in case everyone knows. Or like you said, you can head to all your socials and your website to check it out. But it sounds like it's going to be a blast. It sounds like it's great for the controllers too because it kind of gets them back in the mindset of the week because that does. week is so different than it the rest of the career.
1: And, uh, yeah, last year, especially, you know, it kind of kept them sharp in a year that they couldn't, you know, go to air venture and work a ton of traffic in a year that actually a lot of controllers didn't work much traffic at all. Um, so it, you know, it really kind of kept them sharp and, and, uh, yeah, for those, you know, coming out this year, they'll be, they'll be ready to jump in when they get to air venture because they will have, you know, done some venture just several weeks beforehand. So it'll really be a great transition for both the pilots and the controllers. And again, you know, really trying to lead to a safer air venture. Um, Unfortunately, every year it seems like there's at least one or two fatalities. And, uh, you know, while I'm no NTSB expert, um, you know, you can't argue the fact that a more prepared pilot is a safer pilot. And, uh, and this is the only way to prepare in a practical setting. Um, you know, it's to, to use your flight sim, get on the sim venture and be in communication with the, uh, the actual air traffic controllers who will be helping us out several weeks ahead of the time on your flight simulator there's, there'll
0: be nothing like it that's awesome well, i look forward to it i think it's going to be a lot of fun like i said for everyone involved uh kevin is there anything else you want to say about it or anything else you just want to to speak about let me know uh but i i think that that's going to be great and i look forward to hearing about it and maybe if i can get everything in time i can i can fly it so that'd be cool
1: <laughs> yeah no absolutely we can uh, we can certainly help you out there and, and anyone who is you know interested in in trying to get up set up in time you know it's if you're listening to this podcast, you know relatively soon after it drops, uh, there there is still time to to go out and buy some some uh, sim equipment. It's, it doesn't, uh, especially if if you're just going to go with X Plane or something. It doesn't take a super computer to run it. Uh, you can even run it off a laptop in some cases. So there's some information about that at pilotedge.net. You can also just check us out on our socials or contact us. Um, our social team is really good about getting back to people. So if you have a question as to how to get in, um, involved with flight simulators. It will certainly put you in the right direction if uh, just at Pilot Edge ATC on Instagram um, or Facebook, uh, or even we have a Discord chat server as well. Uh, just PilotEdge.net slash Discord will take you there. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of great things coming up this July that we're really excited. And um, we hope to see a bunch of people coming out and, and flying the Fisk arrival and rocking their wings.
0: Yeah I do too I think it's going to be great And I look forward to Either being a part of it Or hearing about it Or watching it on Twitch So uh, I wish you guys the best And (laughs) thanks for coming on the podcast To talk about it Thanks so much for having me Jess I really appreciate it Thanks Aviation that is a wrap of episode 173 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. As I said earlier, please leave us a review. Leaving reviews is the best way to have other people find the podcast. If someone types in aviation, the most reviews and the most current reviews, that's going to be fed to them first. That's really the only way that that pops up in the search history. So keep leaving reviews so more people can find this podcast. Share it with all your friends. I hope you guys are having a great day. I hope you're staying safe. And as always, happy flying.